I always tell women calling me or clients and sometimes men really just take a step back, take a pause, take a breather and think about how you're feeling during the pandemic and then try and walk in your partner's shoes. Before you can do that, you have to really ask yourself, what is it do I want to be doing for the rest of my life? What is it that I will wake up every day feeling fulfilled and joyful? And this is not about being a good mother or a bad mother. You're going to be a great mother, whichever decision you choose, because that just is the way women are. We, we take care of our own, but we need to take care of ourselves first. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're really not good at taking care of anyone else. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Thank you so much for joining me on the Mother Honestly podcast. My name is Kristen Hall. I'm the COO of Mother Honestly and your host for today's episode. And I'm so excited that Leslie Montanelli, who is a practicing divorce attorney with great accolades that I will allow her to tell you about in her own words, is joining us today on the podcast. And we're going to tackle a topic that's becoming more and more we're getting more feedback on each day related to kind of understanding where we are in our relationships right now and what the next steps might be. Leslie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm well, thank you, uh, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Oh, lovely. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners in your own words. Um, well, as you said, I'm a divorce attorney. I'm a partner in my own firm. I've been representing women um, going through horrible situations, looking to move into a new chapter of their life for more than 20 years. Um, and I find myself uh, more and more being a counselor and um, an inspiration to those women who have sort of lost their way and are trying to get their life back. That's great. And I know we've got a lot to cover in this episode because it's one of the questions we get the most right now from our listeners and our community is, you know, even before the pandemic, women were really struggling, especially our community. They're very type A ambitious women. And now with kind of the pandemic and the entire family infrastructure's changed, they're, we're seeing the homeschooling, a lot more pressures and the strain on women as well as their relationships is kind of being more, more strained for lack of a better word or phrasing there than we've ever seen. And, you know, and what, what are you seeing with women that are coming to you? Either they're already at the point of getting ready to have a divorce or they're just they don't even know what to do to have these discussions with their uh partners so i find that most of the women in the, that situation were already thinking about um separating from their partner or maybe having a divorce or that discussion prior to the pandemic um, but just really didn't get there because when you're busy living your life you always find one reason or another 
not to really sit down and have that difficult conversation, you know, with your partner or spouse uh, that you may have children with or not. And um, you kind of just move along through life. But with the pandemic, um, all of a sudden, when you weren't spending 24 seven with your significant other, because you went off to work or they went off to work, or maybe you were home, you know, with the kids in the afternoon, all of a sudden you found yourself thrown together um, in this really extraordinary circumstance of being together 24 seven. And maybe, you know, either you or your spouse found even your work had changed. Um, the manner in which you worked, maybe you were furloughed during the pandemic, um, and now there's children at home, and there's all these other outside pressures, and all of a sudden, this partner that maybe you were on the fence already about, you start to learn things about, because now you're under extreme stress that really there's no handbook for, and what do you do with that? So a lot of, I got a lot of the what-if calls um, throughout the pandemic, you know, what if I do this? What if I do that? And my advice was always to take a pause, take a step back. We're in a world crisis. We're living through times where really, you know, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to react or act, but to really step back and put in perspective that um, this pandemic will come to an end. Um, life may not return to the way it was before, but it certainly will return to a new normal. And don't make any rash decisions now, because those decisions are being made in extraordinary times and under extraordinary stress. So I always tell women calling me or clients, and sometimes men, really just take a step back, take a pause, take a breather, and think about how you're feeling during the pandemic and then try and walk in your partner's shoes. You know, maybe they're, you didn't know that they're anxiety ridden. Maybe they have, you know, fears about health or death or, you know, they're worried about finances and you're all kind of stuck together. So before lumping on top of that, possibly ending your relationship, try and think about, you know, how you would want to be treated or thought of during that time frame, and try and extend that courtesy to your spouse, even if they're driving you crazy during the pandemic, because eventually things will take on a new life and a new normal, and you may not feel the same. I mean, you may want to march right into my office or someone else's office and say, I've had it and I'm done, but you may come out of it on the other end and say, wow, I really learned a lot about myself. And I learned a lot about my partner during this time. And, and boy, am I glad I didn't sit down and have that difficult conversation you know, while we were stuck together. Because also, if it doesn't go well, you're now stuck in the same home. And where do you retreat to? The guest bathroom, you know, the, the basement office, where do you go? Um, so you have to really consider all of those, those things. Um, before doing that. Great perspective. I'm going to, I see two paths in the conversation because so I'm going to start with the first one. A lot of it sounds like it comes down to, you know, women aren't always the greatest at advocating for what they need or they allow for things to build and build and build and then explode. Have you had conversations with women, you know, as they're taking that pause, they're kind of understanding, hey, you know, divorce, I may not be there yet, or, you know, it's, there's a lot of other different factors, you know, how do we encourage you know women to empower themselves and you know advocate for what they need in a relationship? You know, sometimes we always put our needs 
uh, on the back burner and covered those in front of us, made our, our spouse or our children or our work. What do you recommend? Well, you know, Kristen, first of all, we women always put ourselves on the back burner. And that's what society has come to expect of us. You know, mothers, wives, um, you know, even though we all have these dreams and goals and ideas, we do. We take up the mantle, we run the family, we're there to put, you know, the Band-Aid on every, you know, skin knee. So what I like to tell women to do is really take some self-inventory where you are in your life, you know, where you thought you might want to be in your life at that time. And are you being really honest about what makes you wake up every day and put a smile on your face and live with joy? And you have to really figure that out first because for some women, yes, it is having a successful career and it may not be being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a brain surgeon. You know, it might be they built a business of their own, which is no easy feat for a woman that allows them the freedom to, you know, raise their children and be at home. Or they may be a partner in a law firm working tireless hours, but maybe they've reached some point that when they look inside, what brings them joy is their family life or maybe it's not and maybe there's more to that conversation that really needs to be had um with their spouse and before you can do that you have to really ask yourself what is it do i want to be doing for the rest of my life what is it that i will wake up every day feeling fulfilled and joyful. And this is not about being a good mother or a bad mother. You're going to be a great mother, whichever decision you choose, because that just is the way women are. We, we take care of our own, but we need to take care of ourselves first, because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're really not good at taking care of anyone else. You know, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. So I tell women, maybe you need to write it down, put it in a book, you know, a journal, a private journal where you start to figure out what it is that you want and what the pros are in your life now. And if your life were different, what would the pros be, you know, and what are the negatives and can you live with that? Because there's going to be adjustments and change if you decide to move on with your relationship. And obviously I say this, you know, in, in any meeting, if there's any sort of abuse or anything like that, obviously you should not be in that relationship. And that would require a whole other set of circumstances to maybe get out. But if you're in a relationship that maybe has run its course or hasn't allowed you to flourish because maybe you and your partner really are not on an equal playing field or an equal plane, or you've assumed that role where you take the back burner, then you have to take responsibility for your own life and realize that you will have a difficult conversation with your spouse. And you're gonna have that conversation where you're gonna take the responsibility and say, I need this to feel fulfilled. And I would like it to be part of our journey together, or maybe you don't. Because you know, our spouses, our partners, they're not mind readers. And when we've set them up in a way that they are used to, you know, a routine, or they think we're really happy where we are, they accept it at face value. And we need to bring it to their attention, not that it's their fault, because 
fault is not not a good thing. We don't play the blame game. Uh, the, I don't, the blame game doesn't work. It's about what I need to be more fulfilled, not only as a mother, as a wife, but as a you know contributing member of the community we live in, or this dream that I've set aside to raise our family, to be the CEO of our household, to be the wife who helps you climb the corporate ladder. It's now my time. And if you want your spouse to help you, you have to ask them to do that. And they either will or they won't. And if they won't, then you might have to make, take that next step and say, well, I need to live this part of my life now. And you might have to take that step toward separating your relationship and your marriage. And that doesn't mean you have to run and get a divorce. You can also do a trial separation. You know, absence does make the heart grow fonder. And also remember when you're telling your spouse these things, if they've sort of had on the blinders, and again, as I said, they're not mind readers, they might be a little shell-shocked when you tell them that. So you have to give them a chance to absorb the information and have a real conversation with you, you know, so that it's civilized all the way around because we're human beings. We grow, we change, we evolve, we mature. And sometimes our partners want to go on the ride with us. And sometimes they sadly don't. Now more than ever, women are demanding a quick recovery after surgery. Women are incredibly proactive when it comes to their health and ask their doctors a number of questions prior to surgery. Unfortunately, there's one topic that they often forget to discuss, which can directly impact their recovery experience, non-opioid pain management options. Non-opioid options used before, during, and after surgery can effectively manage pain while minimizing the need for opioids and limiting a patient's downtime after surgery. Planning for surgery? Unlock your X Factor by visiting yourxfactor.com forward slash M8 to learn more about non-opioid pain management options and raise your expectations for what is possible after surgery. Lizzie, you hit on so many great points there. I think, you know, for a lot of women, it's very hard to slow down and really have those tough conversations with themselves and understand what makes them happy or what brings them joy or what is you know, that they want to be doing, you know, that if, to your point, if they put a dream aside. And then I also like the point that, you know, our partners aren't mind readers. We shouldn't make assumptions and they at least give people the opportunity to have that kind of two-way dialogue and really understand where both partners kind of align. So I appreciate all the tips that you gave there. That's immense and many things for our listeners to consider. For those, we may have some listeners today who, who absolutely know, you know what, I've we're at that point. What do you recommend for people on the kind of going down the other path where they've done this reflection, they've looked at a couple different things or, you know, they've identified this is the way to go. When someone comes into your office, you know, what do you, what do you recommend to women? Sometimes too, we've seen that women are afraid to get a divorce for the financial implications. Um, what do you recommend? What do you, what, how do you start those conversations? Well, when women come to my office and know they've reached that point, they, they really do. The first question they really ask is, well, what will I get if I, if I leave my spouse? How much money will I get? And it's really a tough question, but the question I have to ask is, well, do you know what you really have? 
You know, if let's say you've given up that career to be the stay at home mother. And now some of the husbands and a lot of them, they like to take over the bills and pay the bills, leaving the woman in the dark. You know, she may know she has enough for groceries and shopping and clothing for the kids, but maybe she really doesn't know her financial picture. So before we jump into a divorce, which you know you want, we have to plan. We have to figure out the financial picture and you have to do your homework. You have to figure out if you have access to what makes up your financial life. If you live in a home, you know you own it. Are you on the mortgage? Do you know if you're on the mortgage? Not everybody is. Do you know if you're on the title to the house? Do you know how much the mortgage is? Do you know how much it costs to run your house? Your electric, water bills, oil, gas, heat. Do you know how much your cell phone bills are? Do you have your own credit card? Or are you an authorized user on your husband's, on your spouse's? Do you have your own car? Or is it a lease? And is it in your name? So a lot of women, surprisingly, even today in 2020, do not know the answers to all those questions. Now, if you're in a city, women who live in cities and work in cities tend to be have more anonymity and more independence because they are in, in, a, in a different way of life than more of the suburban mother. The suburban mother gives up a lot more. At least this is what I found in my, my career. That doesn't mean it can't happen, but in the suburbs, you know, I, I have a saying, you know, people think that the picket fence doesn't exist. And I say, well, no, it actually does exist. It's just taller, you know, uh, closer together and maybe made of stone. So we do still live in that era where men like to be in control and we give it to them and we don't give it to them because we're not interested. We just, it's part of how we meet and we do that dance of, you know, man meets woman, man and women fall in love, man wants to take care of the woman and we let them. And it's all fine in the beginning, but as time goes on and the relationship goes on, women give up more and more and then they don't know how to get it back. So by the time they get to my office or someone else's, they're really at a loss. And while they, they might be very well dressed and very well healed and driving a fancy car, they, they don't even have the resources of their own, truly of their own, to stand on their own two feet. Because what most people don't realize is when you get a divorce, you are dividing one household into now two. And you need to know if you have the finances behind you to really do that and do that comfortably. And if you're in that, in that position, what can you then do to start to become more independent? I mean, I have had women come to me who go back to school and put off the divorce while still living in the marriage because they need the education paid for before they just go out on their own. You know, and while you could be married to someone extremely wealthy, you're gonna be fighting with them to get that money because they may not wanna give it to you because now you wanna leave. So emotions rule the day. 
in a divorce. And my job is to try and take the emotion out of it and have you look at it from a business perspective and kind of come up with a plan and a strategy so that when you leave, you leave in a position of strength and you are not leaving from a position of fear and weakness. Who said business and pleasure can't mix? Check out Lincoln.com. Luxury vehicles designed with you in mind. Thoughtful interiors and insightful technologies that provide an effortless ownership experience. That's a great point. And one of the things I'd be interested to pick your brain about is we see, especially in the mother honesty community, that a lot of women, you know, four out of 10 uh, women-led households are the breadwinners. How do you advocate for those women where they're coming in in the wealth position and now they're worried about losing, you know, it's the same thing. If they're, you are dividing the household in half, how do you have, you know, where they may not necessarily have then the legal expertise to separate and protect their assets? So the woman in the wealth position, now I have this saying, men leave when they have someone else, women leave when they have their own money. So when a woman is in a wealth position and comes to my office, she is more likely nine times out of 10, not only to leave with grace and dignity, but will pay what needs to be paid to get out and get out quickly. Because a woman in that, yeah, a woman in a wealthy position, if she's already maintained her wealth, she most likely already has a plan in place and has more likely kept assets separate from her spouse. And perhaps they did that going in to the relationship where young people getting married or people getting married the first time, I often tell them, keep what you had before yours, he'll keep his, and then you start something new together. But women in a wealth position are not afraid because they know it's money they can make. And if they have it, the law is only going to allow the other spouse to get so much. It works that way on both sides. So just because maybe your spouse makes less than you, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to get what you have forever and ever. And it doesn't mean they're going to get all of your assets. There will be some division and, and every state differs. So, you know, you'd have to look at the state you're living in, whether it's community property like California, where after people are married, every all the income is divided 50-50, unless you have a prenuptial, as opposed to somewhere like New York, where it's what we call equitable just distribution, which means what is fair and just, which can mean a whole host of things. You know, it's not necessarily a 50-50 split. And there's all kinds of things that come into play, like the health of the ma- the health of the parties in the marriage, the length of the marriage, children, whether or not both spouses are equally educated and can take care of themselves. So a woman in a position of strength and has made a decision to leave, she's not going to quibble over, you know, some money and pay the lawyer. She's going to say, okay, if this is what it takes, then that's what I'm, I'm going to do because I want to leave. I have had women in wealth positions be more stubborn about things that are sentimental in value than monetary. It's such an interesting perspective. I would love to be a fly on the wall in your office. You have such great 
just kind of perspectives and ways to approach the topic. You know, it's not just sometimes, you know, I think people have a fear of divorce attorneys that it's, um, you know, lacking emotion, cold, just out for to get the best for their clients. But I love how your approach, you know, you really help people kind of recognize where they're at and helping them on that journey. If that means, you know, maybe they need more time to think and consider it or, you know, they're ready. And then, okay, these are the next steps. Have you thought about writing a book? Because I'm fascinated by all, I bet you have some great stories. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you should say that, but um, I have just completed writing a book. We're finalizing, oh. yeah, we're finalizing the draft. Um, Congratulations. And, well, thank you. It, sh- it should be out hopefully uh, in uh, around February. Um, and we're working on that. And in my book, I share my life lessons about what I've learned about, you know, love, marriage, you know, relationships. Um, I've been with my own husband 23 years. We're also business partners, family. And throughout the book, there are many, many stories of women who I've helped from all walks of life, all perspectives, and how they either resolved and moved on or how I've helped them grow and change. Um, But it's a culmination of my life's lessons and what my parents taught me, um, how I grew up, and what I've learned about women over time, including the pivotal moment when I decided to really be um, the divorce lawyer who loves love and is proud of being in love and would like to spread that as far as possible and really help those in need of moving on in their world or in their relationships understand that it's okay. Not everyone is meant to be married forever. Some people are meant to have more than one husband or, or wife. Um, some people are meant to have that lifelong love. Uh, and some people are meant to experience life through a series of relationships. And by doing that, you learn how people evolve and grow together or apart. But it's all about learning to be a team and understand that we're all human beings with needs, love, you know, wants and desires. And that it's not, there's no, no real blame here, um, but more of just love, life and learning that there is a better way. And I always try to take the better way, the, the better road, you know, um, divorce lawyers have a very bad rap and there are some out there that, you know, um, go for the, for the gusto, um, and we'll do, you know, someone's bidding. Um, and I just don't choose to take that tack because I just think that when a relationship's run its course, there is a more refined way of moving on and everyone fulfilling, you know, their life's, you know, dreams and, you know, goals and desires. Leslie, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You provided such great insight. Um, that I know our listeners will take away, you know, great points for where they're at in their relationship or give them something to consider if everything's going well in their relationship. Leslie, how can people continue to follow your journey? How can they, you know, you've got a lot of great things in the work. How can they continue to follow what you're up to? Uh, You can find me on my website at askleslithelawyer.com. 
And from there, I have a lot of information, free information that you can read about. You can watch um, videos. You can see our social media and find out about upcoming events. Um, it's just um, a wealth of information, which also can connect you to our law firm if you have any further questions. So if you just visit AskLeslieTheLawyer.com, I think you'll find everything you need. Leslie, thank you again for being a guest. It was wonderful connecting with you. I wish you nothing but continued success and good health in the coming weeks and months. Take care, and I can't wait to pick up your book when it drops. I'm going to enjoy these stories immensely. Thanks a lot, Kristen. Thanks for having me. It's really been a pleasure, and uh, I'll look forward to speaking with you in the future. Awesome. Take care. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.